Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where we'll discover more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to our community or an old friend, we'll be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our podcasts, we'll explore the Downhouse DNA with different members of the community. For our first episode, we start with compassion and our host, Simon Jones, speaks to our headmistress, Mrs Emma McKendrick. Emma, it's great to have you on this episode. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. No, it's a, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really glad that you are. I've been really looking forward to this episode too. I'm really excited to talk to you. But just for the sake of people listening who maybe don't know you so well, can you just tell us how long you've been headmistress at the school and maybe one thing that you love about it? Uh, I have been headmistress at Dan. This is my 24th year. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but uh, mm-hmm. it's been wonderful actually and I think the thing I love most about it is being with young people all the time and every Mm. day is different. As a parent with two teenage daughters I can absolutely uh, agree with you on that. Um, On this podcast we're looking at each of the Downhouse key characteristics from the Downhouse DNA and in this episode we're looking more closely at compassion and one of the areas I really wanted to explore was the importance of community at Downhouse Tell me a little about how community at school plays an active role in compassion. I think the most important part is identifying the community. And and for us, the community at Dan is very much, it's the pupils first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but it's also the parents, because as a school, we want to work in partnership with the parents. Mm. uh, and, And genuinely so, and that means really getting to know them and providing opportunities to do that. It's our alumni, it's our Mm -hmm. staff, it's our past staff. So it's a really large community. All of us, I suppose, wanting to give the best to the students in order that they can go out and do wonderful things in the world later on. So, you know, and our our alumni particularly uh, and our parents are wonderful at engaging with us. So we feel very, very fortunate to have a community that actually genuinely lives at all sorts of different levels, whether that's helping in a small way or Mm -hmm. or making more significant contributions. You mentioned parents, Emma. Why is it so important to engage the families of the girls at at Down? I think because if you want young people to be safe and secure uh, as they're growing up, you need to do that in tandem. So the same sort of philosophy at home and the same philosophy at school. And obviously, if we work together with the parents, I hope also it shows our our students that we're interested in them, not just as academics in the classroom, but as whole people. Mm. And I think also it is, I hope, much more enjoyable for the parents. And particularly when your children are away at boarding school, you want to know about them, you want to know about the people who are looking after them and we want to know a little bit about their home life so we can celebrate that together with them. A lot of schools talk about family-friendly boarding and you just mentioned boarding yourself. What does boarding actually look like at Downhouse? We've got an enormously diverse community at Down from those boarders who live sort of almost opposite the school Mm -hmm. uh, to those who live thousands of miles away and those who live in the borders in in Scotland and Cornwall. So it it is a very uh, diverse community. And within the student body, the pupil body, 
there are a whole myriad of different characters with different needs and different mm. families. So mm. the family-friendly idea is about, again, comes back to that getting to know the families and trying to meet their needs so that the boarding isn't a one-size-fits-all. Of course, there's a structure and a framework, but you know whether you're you know, a thousand miles away or one mile away, we hope that we can make the boarding work for you and your family. Uh, so that it is a, a rich experience, but it allows you to have a, a rich home life as well, and the two are connected. Most of the girls uh, are boarders at Down, so how does being a full boarding school differ to a school which is, say, 50-50? Do you know, I lo- it's one of the things I love most about it, actually, is the fact that it is uh, almost 100% boarding, so 99.4% or whatever <laughs> it is. Right is because you've got all of the girls here. So Mm -hmm. you can be quite spontaneous sometimes. uh, And it's very well integrated. So the small number of day girls that we do have are fully integrated into the boarding uh, houses. They play an absolutely full part in the life of the school. They're just not here to sleep. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to do a lot of things in the evenings and at weekends. And everybody has that same experience and that same raft of opportunities. And if suddenly something comes up that we want to deal with, uh, or we want to show the girls, or you've got a, have we been at school for the Mars landing, or whatever, you can gather Mm -hmm. them all together in the common room. Mm. Um, You know, I remember the uh, Barack Obama's uh, inauguration, and actually we had a power cut on that particular day, but all the girls were gathered in the boarding houses in their common rooms, listening on uh, old-fashioned radios. And and I think they'll remember that forever and that evening that came afterwards. And it was a real experience where the whole community did it together. And what would you say to parents that tend to view boarding as something uh, from the days in the past where uh, clearly boarding in the 1950s was very different to how boarding is today? Oh, completely. A, it's done together, so it's never about sending your children away. Uh, And B, it really is about getting to know individual children. It's a very full life, sometimes Mm -hmm. too full. I think some people would say it's so, you know, it can be incredibly busy. Uh, And there's a tremendously strong pastoral care that exists. Uh, And that's not to, to... you know, do down anything that happened in the past, but just to suggest we are much better, uh, all of us at understanding young people, how they work, their well-being, mental health, um, helping them to build relationships together. So it's a, they're much kinder places, I think, much softer places. Mm. No less ambitious, I think, uh, but but you know, real sort of understanding and celebration of individuals Mm. is very much at the heart of boarding. And actually, I think boarding is even more relevant today in the sense that somebody who's boarded and is used to living with lots of different types of people Mm -hmm. from, you know, across the world and different characters, you can send them out anywhere in the world they can work with all sorts of different people because they've already learned to live with them so you're teaching them a whole raft of of skill sets that will be useful uh, well into their later life in their careers and family life and so on so i i would probably argue is even more relevant 
And of course, I imagine that a lot of those skills are used as soon as they get to university, when suddenly they're in halls of residence living with other people who they didn't know before. Yeah, and they will often say that they don't suffer, of course, in the same way from from homesickness. They can manage the practical things in life. You know, they know how to do their washing, going to the uh, canteen, managing their money. Um, some are obviously better at that than others, I suspect. <laughs> um, but but all all of those things, they've got a much better uh, handle on, I mm. think, sometimes the, than children who haven't been away from home. And work-wise, they're really good at uh, independent learning and collaborative learning because that's very much you know, part of being in a house and helping each other in the evenings and so on. I can really see that. Um, the founder of the school, Olive Willis, uh, her vision was centred around kindness and giving back. That was at the start of the last century. But if she was to somehow walk back through the school gates today, what might, what do you think she might see the girls uh, in the girls relating to kindness and giving back? Do you know, I hope she'd be really proud of what she saw today and, f- and from the smallest things. And actually, one of my very, very first memories, Diane, I think it was my very first day here, was standing in the dining room and clearly not quite knowing whether I was meant to be going left or right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lovely girl, I still remember Sarah McLean, came up to me in the dining room and she said, I think you're lost. Would you like me to take you where you need to go? (laughs) Uh, And and actually she did, and I was meant to go and address the new arrivals at the school, so it wouldn't have been good not to find my way there. But Mm. that's sort of, I hope anyone who comes onto the site at that very basic level would find people who are willing to help them who would welcome them who would make them feel at ease and I think that sort of follows through to I suppose more formally if you like the charitable work the community service all sorts of ways in which the girls can give back so they can give back within the community and and they do in the way they look Mm -hmm. after each other and also in the way in which they we have a lot of links with um, charities overseas that the girls visit and have a long-term link with, so they're not sort of one-off events where you know they, they raise money and then move on, but actually they've got real relationships, a lot of the boarding houses, with these charities, and they go and visit and, and play a part in an orphanage or a school. So every two or three years, the school's going out and seeing how it's made a contribution mm. and we we learn as well i think that's terribly important it's not it's always a two-way process i think the the girls who take part in it learn just as much so there's there's that element i think and also from our our alumni they give back into the school community and they give back out in their own communities in their their careers uh, and again i felt that very much from the even my early days where a lot of alumni would write to me to share their stories to share their memories yeah to give advice you know you get that very strong sense that that people care about each other so you mentioned about the the charitable work overseas and and of course that's going to be helping people overseas but how do you think it helps the girls at, at down as well i think you just get an understanding of different cultures, different um, education systems, or none. 
and you get an understanding of how some people live with very little um, the real value of education to people I think that comes out very very strongly and you get a greater appreciation I think of your own experiences and I think it drives a lot of them on to want to make a difference even more in later life which I, I would be extremely thrilled about all those who do go on and do that so it's a little bit of appreciation of what one has oneself mm. and what one can do and the fact that you don't always have to do great big things small things make a difference as well no I, th I think it's exactly right and of course you mentioned about your alumni as well how beneficial do you think it is for girls at the school today when your alumni do give back in the ways that they, that they do Hu hugely beneficial because it feels very real, if you've got somebody who's sat where you're sitting mm -hmm. and they've gone on and done a variety of different things, you can see that it's possible for you too. So that's a you know, wonderful thing to see. Also because they share not just when things go right, but when things go wrong, as they inevitably will uh, for people as they go through their careers and life. And you learn not to expect everything to be perfect in life, how to cope with setbacks that other people have done it. Uh, and I think it gives a, perhaps a more realistic view of, of what life can be like. And of course, there's lots of help and advice out there too. So although a lot of them will have done wonderful things, mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a few twists and turns that they'll have shared en route as well. Emma, we talked about Olive Willis and, and her vision of kindness and giving back. It's It's been over 100 years since the school was founded with that vision. Do you think it's easier or harder for girls today to relate to a vision like that? I think it is as easy. Kindness is timeless. And it is the most important thing to us in the sense that if you are kind, it doesn't mean you can't be aspirational or ambitious, but it is a fundamental way that you decide to treat people in life and I believe very firmly that it it will make a much happier and easier life if you're kind to other people mm. typically you'll get that in return so I think it's a, a sort of universal and timeless actually. One of the things we're often told is that we can't effectively look out for others if we don't look out for ourselves. A bit like how on a plane we're always told to put on our own oxygen mask before helping our families. <laughs> Um, yeah. So in what ways do you manage your own well-being? I have just uh, acquired a rather badly behaved um, working cocker spaniel oh, puppy. Awesome. So oh. walking, uh, walking the dog in, uh, in the morning. And actually I discovered just some wonderful places to go and walk. So I, I love doing that. Uh, and uh, I love cooking, theatre, being with... Uh, and, and actually being with family and friends and, uh, and, and reading. So lots of different things that you fit in at different, different moments in time. But uh, walking is certainly something that I've done a lot more of in the last uh, year than I would have done previously. Not always great at doing it first thing in the morning, but I, but I do mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoy it. And in what other ways do you look out for yourself in that case? I think it is always about making sure that you know you've got a responsibility to look after the the community and therefore to look after yourself is important and that's about taking time out sometimes it is about 
Um, and so having time to read a book, I love going to the theatre. Obviously, we can't do that at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's wonderful to have a different perspective. And I love uh, cooking for um, for friends. So, ha again, having a different perspective on, on life. I don't want to imply I'm a good cook, just in case that gets a mixed message. <laughs> uh, but I, I thoroughly uh, in, enjoy doing that and love having a meal or going out for a meal with, uh, with friends. That's a great way of uh, relaxing and switching off, actually. OK, so let's say if you go out for a meal with some friends, what kind of cuisine is your cuisine of choice? Ooh, um, pretty much anything, actually. And, <laughs> and that's probably true because I quite like trying different things. Uh, I love travelling. So, you know, I love uh, Indian food. I love Italian food, French food. There pretty much isn't anything I don't think I wouldn't wouldn't eat on our... When we go out to, uh, uh, to Hong Kong or, or Singapore to visit mm -hmm. parents, that is such a treat, a culinary treat, I have to tell you uh, <laughs> i always need a slightly larger wardrobe when i come back but it is a, <laughs> a, a you know wonderful experience and you mentioned that you love travel where are some of the places you've been to which have a, say a culture that's very different to ours i've been fortunate enough gosh to go to a variety of different places that and some i i definitely go back to india um mm -hmm. which i loved and to uh, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil, that sort of South American culture. I'd love to go and explore a little bit more about that. I need to brush up on my Spanish, I think, to, <laughs> to do that justice or, or mm. even learn a bit of Spanish would be good. But I, you know, South America was a fantastic place, as is in India and the Far East, I've, I've thoroughly uh, enjoyed. And, and parts of Africa too, I haven't been to as much of Africa as I would uh, like to, but certainly uh, Tanzania, Kenya, just uh, amazing places and wonderful people. Yeah, that's the great joy of traveling is you meet fantastic people and learn such a lot about their different ways of, of life. And, you know, that I find that incredibly, uh, just thoroughly enjoyable. Okay, so maybe three countries you haven't been to that you'd love to go to. We're ignoring all COVID restrictions right now for a second. Where would you like oh, to go? Good. Um, I would love to go to uh, Argentina. Okay. Uh, I'd love to go to Chile and travel down through Chile. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to combine these two, which is cheating a bit, but um, mm -hmm. Vietnam and Cambodia, uh, I'd love to explore as well. And... Covid willing, uh, we will get to Vietnam at, at some stage. So we've got one of those cancelled uh, holidays on hold, but uh, very much looking forward to that. It's always quite good, isn't it, having a, a, a holiday on hold? You know you've got it coming at some point. You just don't know when, <laughs> quite when it's going to be. <laughs> Absolutely. No, so looking forward to that. OK, I've got some quick fire questions for you. So don't think too much about these. Do you prefer sweet or savoury? Oh, sw uh, sweet. <laughs> it's a tricky one, isn't it? Uh, I was going to ask cats or dogs, but I think I know the answer to that one. Definitely dogs. Yep. <laughs> OK. Cooking in or dining out? Ooh, dining out. Dining out. Somebody else doing it for you. You did mention that you like cooking, but dining out wins. I, I, <laughs> I do. Dining out's a real treat, that's why, yeah. <laughs> uh, hotel life or camping life? Oh, hotel life. Hotel life, right. Uh, ignoring COVID, would you rather go to a concert or to a play? A, 
play. A play. Oh, okay. Had to think about that. Would you rather watch a play or read a good book? Ooh, watch a play. Are you reading a book right now? And if so, what is it? I'm reading a book I just started, which is the uh, Bernadine Evaristo Girl, Woman, Other, which a lot of people have recommended. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting uh, properly stuck into it. What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, either chocolate or champagne, I bet that. <laughs> or maybe combined, both together. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, rumour has it that one of the reasons you're so good at remembering names is because you print out photos of new entrants to the school and you pin them to your fridge. Is this true? <laughs> uh, not entirely. Uh, I, I do print out the photographs uh, and I have them on a file in my desk, but I try and uh, I actually try and test myself when the girls go in and out of chapel or when I'm looking at them in an assembly. That's, and then I come back and refer to the photograph. So uh, it's a bit of a combined uh, effort. Oh, very impressive, though. Very, very impressive. Um, Emma, yeah. I just wanted to thank you for being on this episode. It's been great talking to you. If anyone would like to get in touch after listening to this, where should they go? If they have a look on the uh, website and get in touch with lots of different ways in which one can do that. Uh, but to our registry or either through the website or uh, ringing in, we always enjoy that personal touch with a telephone call if they'd like to, to do that. Um, and there's a massive amount of on social media, which I hope would also give people a different flavour of the school as well through um, you know, Twitter or Instagram. And there are always the contact details attached there. Excellent. Lots of touch points for the school. I like it. Uh, Emma, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here today. It's been great talking to you. No, a real pleasure. And there we go. A big thank you to Mrs McKendrick, especially for those quick fire answers. It's never easy when you're put on the spot like that. And if you wanted to follow the Instagram account Emma mentioned, it's down underscore house. And the Twitter account is down house with no underscore. Now, you'll no doubt have gathered this is a new podcast channel, so please do subscribe because our next episode is going to feature another characteristic of the Downhouse DNA, which is collaboration. And when you subscribe, you'll automatically get a notification when the episode is released. So to ensure you don't miss that, do go and subscribe. But in the meantime, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.